This is Keep Talking with Greg Rennie and Rob Reford on Mind Body Matters. And welcome to another edition of Keep Talking here on the Mind Body Matters podcast. I'm Rob Reford along with my good friend Greg Rennie. Hello, Greg. Hello, Rob. How are you? I'm well today. I'm actually uh, I'm in a giddy mood. And I, I think the reason I'm in a giddy mood today is... Be- I'm pretty excited, too. Yeah, yeah, is because the guests we have on the show today, and uh, they're old, dear friends of, of both of ours. We, uh, uh-huh. We've we all worked together at some place or another over the years. And just prior to the uh, podcast, we were discussing numbers, and I think it was... Over 30-some-odd years ago, we were all together at various radio stations. I'd like to uh, introduce uh, where we've reached you today, Derek, at your home. My home in beautiful Port Stanley, Ontario, yes. All right, Derek Botton, also at one time known as Rock Bottom Botton. That's right. Yeah, right. yeah, I remember that. And out on the uh, left coast of Canada, the west coast of Canada, my good friend Mark Burley. Hello, Mark. Reefer, quit pulling your pipes. <laughs> hey Rob, hey Greg, hey Derek. Uh so today we want to talk about uh radio. Yeah. Um That's right. Because that's something that we all did back in the day was radio. Uh I I think I can safely say that we uh none of us work for a radio station anymore. Is that correct? Yep. Uh now Mark, <laughs> uh yeah. out on the West Coast, when did you finally leave your job with Bell Media? Uh, end of January 2017, so seven years ago. I did some freelance in 2018 with a, a local station. I actually did the news as well as Jocked, uh, which was a new paradigm for me. At the time, it was owned by a company called Castanet, which uh, my son Ryan works at now. So really, though, my full-time career ended after 41 years in 2017. Wow. And uh, Derek, uh, your last job in radio... Blackburn Group in London, Ontario. Um, that was the end of about 35 years, and I was uh, unceremoniously punted from there in 2014. All right. And uh, Greg, mm-hmm. when was the last time for you on the radio? I know that you left way before us uh, as far as... Yeah, the, the, yeah, I left in 1990. Yeah. yeah. Actually, when I sold radio, that's what I did when I left. I was selling radio in Cambridge, Ontario at AM96. And so then... Uh, I was filling in for shifts there. So like technically around 94 in around there was the last time I was on air. Yeah. And then I burned out. (laughs) You're burned out. So here we are today, (laughs) a few weeks ago, uh, right after Bell Let's Talk Day, uh, Bell Media has this uh, thing in January called Let's Talk. And it's it's about uh, mental awareness, mental health. And uh, it was like um, a couple of weeks or three weeks after that, that Bell announced a huge layoff and sale of their radio stations. I believe uh, 45 radio stations were up for sale uh-huh. and 4,800 uh, jobs uh, were axed. And uh, a lot of great people, a lot of great uh, radio professionals have lost their jobs. And um, I, I found that rather funny that, you know, after Bell Let's Talk Day, all of a sudden they decide to uh, give everyone the news. Well, that's what happened to me. It t- tell us about your departure at, uh, at Bell Media, uh, Mark. Well, it was really quite interesting from the standpoint that the day before, which was a Monday, uh, one of the CTV uh, reporters and his shooter, his uh, camera guy, were both let go on the Monday morning. He'd feel something was going on. You saw people going up and down the hall in front of my office. And having worked for Bell for a while at that point and a couple of large companies to kind of figure out what's going on. So I immediately called Janet, my wife. Uh, Janet was the general manager, general sales manager of the cluster in Penticton. And I said to her, I think we're getting fired tomorrow. And she goes, what? And I said, yeah. And she goes, no, you're wrong. (laughs) And then while I was talking to her, Ping went a appointment um, request through Outlook for her to be in Kelowna uh, from Penticton the next day at, uh, I think it was 10 or 10.30. And she went, oh, yep, I guess we are. And uh, sure enough, the next day, uh, well, she wasn't, the language wasn't quite like that, as Derek probably knows, <laughs> and you guys. Um, she said, yeah. Uh, so anyway, Janet came in. They let her go at 10.30 and let me go at 11. Uh, both of us had our current positions were being eliminated. Uh, hers was, mine wasn't. 
Uh, and that was the end of, actually, it was just a couple of days, literally, before my 12th anniversary as the uh, group and regional program director for BC in there. So that's that's how it ended. It was right after Bell Let's Talk, which was about two weeks before. And, uh, you know, so that's how it ended. So um, we can talk lots about how you feel about that and how you go through it, the different ways that both of us having been in the same situation, living together and having been married, uh, and we still are, by the way, the uh, different, how we each handled it differently. Janet handled it way better than I did. So that's how it ended. That was 2017. Did you find that Bell, like they're hypocrites because they do this like a couple weeks after their Bell Let's Talk, the whole thing about rah, 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 we got to talk about mental health, we got to help people, and okay, we're going to fire a bunch of people. Ultimately, they're a huge corporation. They need every tax break they can get, and that's all Let's Talk is. They don't even do it now like they used to back then. They used to have celebrities mm-hmm. who were, you know, would uh, represent the whole initiative. They don't do that anymore. It's basically just a day. They don't even do donations through text. Remember, you used to do that if you had a Bell, uh, you were on Bell Mobility. If you text, it was like 50 cents or something. Uh, they don't even do that anymore, as far as I know. Uh, but it's, you know. Tax break and some promotion for them, eh? Yeah, but there's lots of other things there's, you know, that happened over the years that Bell did that used to go like, seriously, this is about mental health and, you know, you're doing that kind of thing where they're laying people off constantly. And the whole thing is about three years, three, four years, I think it was after they bought us from Astral um, that you started to look over your shoulder. And for me, I had just relaxed. I just go, OK, we're going, you know, it's going good. And boom. Mark, I know you're a little older than I am, but how old were you when you were let go in 2017? 59. I'm 66 now. Okay, so 59. And you you were headed towards, um, you know, uh, what we call retirement. And all of a sudden, the carpet is lifted from out underneath you. And it it must have been devastating. It was, you know, I think more than anything, and I'm pretty sure Derek going through the things he went through, felt the same thing because we're pretty identical personalities, but it's uh, anger. You're so mad. It's like, you know, I had a really hard time getting over it. Um, we were on our notice period, so we were on a salary continuous for three months, but, you know, Janet just wanted it over with, a let's move on. Me, I kept dwelling on it. You know, my radio stations were number one and two in the market at the time. We had one that was ha- having an issue. So it was kind of hard for me to understand personally what was going on. Ultimately, you know, people say these things to you, Derek, you'll get, you'll know this. Oh, one door closes, another one opens. <laughs> uh, you know, the best part of your life is about to start, you know, and, oh, yeah. and those are all coming from well-meaning places. But quite frankly, they're bullshit because that's not the way it is. After this happens, yeah, I had to work really hard to get past, first of all, this emotional anger and bullshit of, you know, all the people around me, you know, who didn't get fired. And, you know, maybe you're sitting there, you're going, well, why is that happening? Like, what's going on? As it turned out, Janet and I were part of a call that was happening across the country. But, you know, we had to go through all that legal stuff, which is inconvenient, which is even more stressful, more even angering for me. You know, and, you know, Jay, she just wanted to get it over with and good honor for doing that. So, uh, you know, once it was all over with, I decided to take some time off and I did that. And then I went to work for Home Depot for a while because that was so completely different. I sold appliances, Derek. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> I was actually pretty good at it. And then this opportunity came along, and I'm now the executive director of the Downtown Cologne Association, which is really good to transfer my skills to, which even I didn't know when I started the job. Um, I didn't know how long it would last. It's been five years now. So, But yeah, you take that time off, which is really good. But you wish somebody had told you, you're going to be really pissed off. You're going to not like a lot of people you used to like. Mm-hmm. You're not going to even want to listen to the radio anymore. And then when you do, everything that happens, you're hypercritical of. Why do you say that? That was a dumb bit. Like, what a stupid commercial. Oh, they play too many commercials. You know why they do, but oh, they play too many commercials. You start agreeing with all the naysayers of radio that you've heard for all the years leading up to it, especially being a program director, you know, and then you're listening to a morning show on any given station. Well, that's stupid. Why are they doing the morning show? So, you know, basically, you know, now it's funny because I'm a customer of radio. I buy airtime. So role reversal and all that. So, yeah, I was 59. I'm nowhere near ready to go. Uh, and stop and be retired anyway. 
I still believe in radio. I, I got into radio at a very young age uh, with you, Mark, uh, in Stratford, Ontario, back at the age, I think I was 13 or 14 years old, and I was getting disc jockeys like you coffee from Tim Hortons. Yeah, you filled in for me uh, in 1977. Oh, my God. You were going to the Conestoga Broadcast Awards uh, dinner that night. And uh, yep. that was my that was my first time on the radio. Uh, Derek uh, Bell says that uh, radio is no longer a viable business. Your thoughts on on that? Uh, has radio is it still a viable business in in your opinion? I guess the the truth of it is that I I don't know because I don't listen much anymore. Um, I tend to listen to Sirius in my car, and it, and it because I think the changing the delivery of the medium is way different. If I listen to Sirius in my car, I can listen to exactly the format that I want, the songs that I want. I can go to comedy, I can go to Stern, I can go to classic rock or classic hits, whatever I want. The the downside is, and it, you know, it's the trade-off that you have to make, and I'm sure that's the trade-off that the big corporations have made. You don't get the local surveillance, you don't know what your local weather is, or the local hockey team, blah, 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 all that. But I've got a delivery system that gets me that. I keep it in my pocket all the time. If I want to know what the score of the London Knights game is, it's going to be on Twitter. <laughs> you know, so I, there's it's just the, the changing of the medium. As far as the radio goes, yeah, I think it's viable for a lot of people. FM particularly, uh, you talked earlier about uh, AM becoming obsolete as far as, it, you know, manufacturers aren't putting it in cars anymore. Like that's what we all started started on and listened to and got excited about. But I think that radio as a communication device, I think the companies have eaten their own have eaten their own hand and other apps and, and, and platforms have taken over and filled in that gap where the big monolithic companies have to answer to shareholders and have to provide a, a certain percentage of EBITDA, earnings before in, uh, income taxes, blah, blah. Mark, you know that better than me. But Yeah, their bonuses are based on it. Exactly, right? And it's as far as the actual talking heads, the voices with feet that I was one time referred to by a general manager, or just voices with feet, we don't matter anymore. We're just numbers on a spreadsheet. When I got bounced, uh, my wife and I and another guy did a three-person morning show. I got cut and she didn't. Apparently it was a budget thing. I don't know. Your services are no longer required. We're going in a different direction was quote unquote the answer I got. So she stayed and did a morning show with this other guy. She was more pissed than I was. I just, I was kind of shell shocked for a while and, and didn't know what to do. And again, like Mark had a salary continuance for a while and my legal representative saw to it that I was not going to starve. And I, it's funny, I'm a year older than Mark and I went looking for jobs at the age of 58 or 59, whatever it was. And and I applied at Home Depot, and they said um, <laughs> salary expectations. And I went, I don't know, I'm not, I'm 15 bucks an hour or whatever the number was at the time. And so, I, of all the different uh, jobs that I had applied to, Home Depot called me back and said, "Well, we have an opening. Are you prepared to work evenings and weekends and holidays?" And I said, "Okay, if I have to." And what are your salary expectations? And I said, "Well, I filled that out in the application." I said, "I think the number was 15." Oh yeah, we're paying 12. Do you still want it? And I thought, you know what? No, I am sorry. I had started to do voice work on my own, even while I was doing radio. I, uh, some friends of mine have done it and been quite successful at it over, for a lot of years. Uh, and I started to do it. And boy, I'll tell you what, it's a long grind, but it's the only thing I know. I was never educated in anything, high school and then Fanshawe. That was it. So I didn't have a background in anything else. Uh, and I thought, well, I may as well use my training in radio. Well, I found it's a completely doing voice work. Greg, you'll know this. Rob, you'll know this. I don't know how much you've dabbled in it, Mark, but it's a whole different deal than playing on the radio. That's for sure, doing voice work. But I managed to recreate a, a lane for myself, and I, I've done it quite successfully, I think, for nine, nine years, ten years, whatever. And, and um, I... Two years ago, I made more money doing voice work than I ever made in radio. So, you. you know, I mean, it's it's worked out okay for me. Now, I'm 67. I don't have any heavy lifting. I don't have to muck out the barn. I don't have to. To me, it's a, just a really good fit for what I do. And, and I can take on as much as I want or not. Um, as I, you know, my age increases, I'm probably going to want to slow down. You primarily do audiobooks, right? I do a lot of audiobooks, yeah. Yeah. And quite yeah. enjoy it. I, I'm an avid reader anyway, so I may as well get paid for it. So that's that's my life in a nutshell right now. I don't the the world is changing. The world always has changed, you know, um, in terms of the delivery of delivery systems and stuff. And I think we're coming into an age that 
befuddles me, but it certainly wasn't what it was like when we were sticking 45s on a turntable and, mm-hmm. and queuing them up, you know? <laughs> you know, I think, Derek, to your point about the delivery systems, like you can reach in your pocket and see what the square of the <clears throat> Kelowna Rockets game was, <laughs> in my case. <laughs> yeah. um, Fair enough. I think radio was always behind taking advantage of those platforms, whether it was webs, whether it was social media, whether they were always a year or two behind trying to figure out how to utilize those platforms that I feel could have saved their their business, like streaming, which was the easiest thing in the world for them to do. They fought at that because of, you know, advertisers. How do we cover over the commercial so we can sell more advertising? They spent more time trying to figure that out or how to put the advertiser's name up on an RDS feed on the dashboard of a car, which they still haven't figured out. They haven't figured out that perhaps these little things here, these iPhones that we have, could be a PPM meter. They have a microphone in them. And don't tell me it's not listening to you all the time, even though you said it it shouldn't, because it does. She's telling Janet a story about, hey, I saw Lisa's post, her and Derek are in Europe. And the next thing I know, I'm getting ads for going to Italy. Like, uh, it's it's uh, serious, you know? Amazing. Yeah. But they haven't, amazing. radio hasn't figured that out. Yep. And they should. Television's the same thing. I think, you know, Rob, to your point about 4,800 layoffs, the bulk of those right now are happening in television. Yeah. Yeah. So there's another business that they didn't say that's not viable. And it's less viable than radio as far as I'm concerned. Going back to a TV, uh, a mutual friend of all of ours, uh, Lisa LaFlemme, yeah. lost her job. Um, uh, Bell has been known as a place for a toxic workplace environment. As you know this, Rob, my wife worked for Bell Media for about five or six years. Uh, there were some other issues involved, but she went to a psychologist and was diagnosed with PTSD because of the toxic work environment at Bell Media in Toronto. And she's still struggling with that today. And what I heard was appalling, the the type of stuff that they had to deal with. So go ahead, Rob. You were going to jump in about um, toxicity. Well, we'll just uh, like what happened with Lisa LaFlamme? Was, it was more than hair color, for goodness sakes. But apparently that's the reason she got turfed. And I think a lot of that speculation, none of us, nobody really knows what happened. We can guess, those of us who've worked for Bell or have, know somebody who has, uh, can guess. But it, it's kind of a lot of speculation. Uh, hair color was never even brought up in the reason that she was fired. It was that they wanted to go after a younger, more diverse demographic, and she didn't fit that, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And that's where that went. Derek, you and I worked with Lisa when she was downstairs on 864 King Street doing news in the morning for us on weekends and afternoons. I mean, you know, radio, and then going over to Jeff's place for the power of shoe when the band was playing, and she was singing and playing guitar. That's right, Je- Jeff Hutchison. Yeah, Jeff Hutchison. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, We can say a lot of things like it's a toxic workplace and it's all that. That could also be location by location. I'm sure there's, you know, there uh, Edmonton, uh, when I was working for Bell, was a star, you know, ran by Marty Fords. And, you know, it was a great place to work. I don't know what it is now. So it's hard to say that Bell in generalization. I think you have to say perhaps maybe different locations were. Mm. Mm -hmm. They did have things they did direction that were toxic. Like the hundred day thing they did once upon a time, where they every thirty days eliminated a certain number of people in different management classification, of which my classification was at the end of that hundred days. So, think about what those hundred days were like. So, well, years ago too, uh, one person would manage one radio station. Uh, our mutual friend, uh, Braden, uh, Mark, of course, at one point in London, Ontario, was a manager of four radio stations, two AM stations and two FM stations. But at one time, radio was, uh, each station was managed by one person. Well, general managers don't generally do much anyway. So what's four? What's one? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my GM friends out there, including my wife, because <laughs> that's what she used to do. <laughs> now, now, before the interview today, we were talking uh, off air, if you will, about uh, manufacturers of, uh, of vehicles not putting AM radios into cars. Um, my, I have a 2015 Ford Escape, and in my car, I have a CD player, AM, FM, and the ability to plug in my phone. 
vehicle manufacturers apparently aren't going to be putting AM into vehicles anymore. So how does AM radio itself survive? I'm understanding that a lot of the AM signals are going to be uh, more uh, carriers for information. Uh, Mark, maybe you could uh, tell me more about that technology. Well, first of all, this story about it, the demise of AM has been around for years, even way back when Derek was still doing mornings. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. <laughs> well, do you remember? Do you do you remember AM stereo? I used to work at Stereo 1090. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Geez, that was a thing in the 90s. But they, you know, this thing about AM radio coming out of cars and car radios has been happening for a while. If you oh, if you buy oh. a Tesla, you don't have AM radio. But then they could have, again, going back to what I said before, radio could have, radio companies could have alleviated that just by getting into the apps way sooner than they did. So if you want to listen to, all of us here know Tarzan Dan, mm-hmm. Dan Freeman, good guy, good friend. He was my morning guy here in Kelowna for a while. Um, amazing voice with feet. He, he's got a great personality. He loves to say poop. He says fart. He does all those stupid little things that made him as successful in 680 CFDR and that have kept him on the air all these years. Well, he's on Bounce now, which is a Bell property, mm-hmm. but he does middays across the country. So if you want to listen to him, you just go to the iHeartRadio app, find a Bounce station, you can hear him and you can listen to him. I can listen to him at real time at 10 a.m., but I can also listen to him at 7 a.m. because I'm on the West Coast. So I just select a station, Eastern station to listen to him. But they're just getting that now. When I was in Sudbury, we were doing satellite radio at the Palmerex Radio Network, and we did that in Guelph, guys, with the Star Network, which was the precursor of Palmerex. So all these things were here. It's just that radio companies didn't want to invest in it. You know, people like Don Schaefer were way ahead of their time because they said, yeah, this is viable. We can do it. How do we localize it? And that was my challenge as a program director, is to figure out how to localize that stuff. And I thought we did a pretty good job of it, but nobody ever latched onto it. And now, all of a sudden, we've got... All these morning shows who are, you know, transplanted to other stations in their within their own company, maybe in afternoons voice track, kind of like Brian Seacrest does. So, again, it all goes back to they just didn't take advantage of the technology they had staring them in the face. But again, radio has always been the um, um, the ugly duckling of the bunch in terms yeah. of media companies. Right. They Bell Media bought a whole bunch of stations and bought and gobbled up, a, you know, standard and whatever in order to get their uh, video platforms and, and whatever other, you know, um, platforms that they owned. Radio was just, oh, well, I guess we got to take CRTC says we got to take it. So they did. My wife was working after she left Blackburn at a Bell station in London uh, and her she and her morning show co-host on CJBK uh when they would get guests in, well, you know, you give your guests a jug of water or something like that. They had to buy themselves, go out and buy flats of water in order to give the guests water because the company wouldn't spring for it. They ran out of staples one day and they said, well, you go down to the staples and get something. It was just, it was a nickel and dime operation and there's nothing, I mean, for the sake of 30 or $40, they could have made the, the hosts of the radio show feel like they were doing a worthwhile service instead of, yeah, now get it on your own or forget it. We're not doing it for you. And it, I think a lot of that... Um, is what leaves a lot of bitterness in in us and we former broadcasters when we when we talk about the the industry. It's like, you know, absolutely, Mark. There's a lot of opportunities that were missed for developing apps that they could have done and and maybe kept stations like CKSL in London alive. Right. Even though they didn't need a transmitter and a tower to do it, they still could have done it by way of an app. And if you look at a Tesla, you can get an app and you can get down to any station that's on it just by downloading the app. So as far as the actual technology of not having an, an amplitude modulated radio in your car, oh, well, there's options and the options are, are in the app. You know what, Derek, I think what you're talking about there with the 30 and $40 is what we've been told for years. It's not always about how much you're getting paid. It's about all those other, oh, absolutely. all those other things yep. that happen around. Like I had a, uh, well, Braden Dewar. He was a great manager from the standpoint he didn't pay you to be there in a certain time, except for your air shift. He paid you to get your job done. Pat St. John was the same way. You know, just get your job done. You know, you weren't making a lot of money, so you you were made up for for it with other things. You know, the other perks and all those kinds of things. So I think what you're talking about, Derek, is exactly that. Like, there's way more to be in on on the radio, in radio, than just what you get paid. I'm just glad I had the opportunity to be in radio when I did. 
like I, when I think of some of the technological changes over the years, like when I started in radio, I was spinning 45s. You'll remember that, Mark and Derek. Yep. Uh, and then my second job was in Kitchener at Chime Radio with Pat St. John, and we were on cart. And so all our music was on cart. And then the uh, the evolution of CDs. All of a sudden, uh, we're using CDs to play back our, our, our music. And then everything went mainframe computer. So everything was stored on a hard drive inside uh, uh, a computer. So I'm, I'm glad I had the opportunity to be in radio when I did. Uh, I, I cherish some of the great memories, but radio is not the business it used to be. No, it, it's interesting to go back to our, our comments, Derek, about technology. It's funny how that's the one technology that they really embrace was computerization because it allowed for voice tracking. It allowed for elimination of positions. It became more cost efficient yep. and better for the shareholders. Now, Derek may not remember this because he never worked uh, at uh, Chime Radio in Kitchener, but Greg will remember this and so will Mark. We had uh, uh, a computer over the across the hallway at CKGL, which was a country uh, radio station, and we called that computer Charlie. And a mainframe computer used to run reel-to-reels and... Uh, Cart carousels. Cart carousels. And for the time, and we're talking back in the early 80s, this this was uh, this was the cat's meow. It, it it was supposed to be the future of radio. Reef, do you remember the fire? Do you remember when there was the fire? Oh, yes. Oh, really? There was a fire up oh. on the 13th floor, which is where we were. And, of course, every fire truck in the city of Kitchener and Waterloo is there because it's right downtown. And... They're, the fire guys are up there. Doug Lee was doing the all-night show on Chime, and he comes strutting out, and the cop says, where's this guy? There's this guy. He's still talking. Where is he? And he goes, he goes Doug goes, oh, that's Charlie. And the guy says, well, can you get him to get off the air? He says, Doug says, he points at the computer. He goes, that's Charlie there. And he says, he's a Commodore 64 computer, whatever the fuck that is. And... And he had to roll that tape we had for in case of an emergency, and which he took Doug forever to find, apparently. So that was a great story. And then, then the next time we uh, had that type of technology, uh, as far as uh, all of us are concerned, was at uh, CKLA and CJOY in Guelph. Uh, that uh, CKLA was run by uh, computer, and so was uh, CJOY. Computer was called Otto. That's right. That's right, Derek. Yeah. That was his name was Otto. Yeah. Remember when we had to program that and try to run the gift of Christmas on Christmas Day? No, that was your job. You were the PD. Yeah. <laughs> All I did was go to the station on Christmas Day. The phone just kept ringing. It just didn't work. Remember they were called frames, weren't they? We had to fill and and they were video eights that the commercials were on. Remember that? That's right. Yeah. yeah. But uh, now let me ask you this. With the evolution of uh, iPhones and like cell phones and the whole thing, do you think it's uh, it's inhibited our ability to communicate properly? Uh, like I, I had a good discussion with someone yesterday and they were saying it's all because of these phones and we don't communicate. Uh, text messages being misinterpreted because there's no tone oh, yeah. uh, in communication anymore. It all seems to be all text and so on. So, I mean... Uh, has that screwed us up? I think you could say the same thing about email too, though, right? That oh, yeah. you can write an email, it could be taken three different ways. I remember having a discussion with my staff about that back in 2020 when we were all working from home. I had to send an email, and so you got to be careful how you word your emails because, you know, somebody might take something different than I will. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's an evolution. Um, it's interesting. My daughter actually prefers to talk on the phone than to text. That's what Heather does. So do yeah. I. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with, uh, with, with my son, he never answers his phone. <laughs> well, he, it has display, Rob. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's, oh, it's, dad. Oh, it's dad calling. <laughs> what does he dad. want now? <laughs> no, no, exactly. But that's the other thing, too. I, I remember uh, as a kid, and I've mentioned this uh, many times on the program, uh, Greg, but back when I was, uh, you know, growing up, uh, the phone would ring and you go, oh, I wonder who that could be. Mm. And you pick it up because there wasn't a uh, call display. There wasn't uh, all the neat stuff that we've got now. But I find now... You know, oh, Greg Rennie's calling. I'll talk to him later. 
<laughs> but you know what, though? The other side of the coin is, though, Rob, you and I talked on the phone the other day, but primarily we text or, you know, whatever through Facebook. Derek, you yeah. and I have chatted through Facebook. The last one was, hey, hey, I see I missed your birthday or whatever. So, and then you just go on from there and you chat. So there's the advantage of the technology. At least you can keep in touch with people. And for the most part, if you're really good friends like we are, you just pick up where you left off, which is the, the really good thing about it, I think. No, and, and, and you're right, uh, Mark, but I must say I get more satisfaction talking to someone on the phone because uh, you're hearing how how they're feeling and you're actually hearing expression in their voice and you don't get that through a text message and or an email, for example. Yeah, but we're all old guys and that's what, because we started out talking on the phone or through a tin can or whatever it was we used back when we were young. Um, kids these days... And I mean, kids and grandkids even, Mark, uh, they don't know what it was like to spin 45s or to pick up a dial phone and work it. They just had this little box and they can get a hold of their friends. Um, instead of instead of hearing the glee in somebody's voice, somebody invented emojis <laughs> and, you know, and somebody invented a poo emoji to for that expression. So it, it, things morph, things change. We can harken back and long for the old days, but we're never going to get them back. Perhaps picking up the phone, which sometimes I can answer a text when I feel like it or when I'm not in the middle of dinner or whatever. I can go, I'll get to that later. A phone call is always a bit more immediate for sure, but there's there's ways I just think it's a matter of adapting to it. I guess kind of like broadcasting is doing. And you can argue it two ways to Sunday that it, that it's wrong or that they, you know, Mark was saying that they've made mistakes. They've dragged their feet. They missed an opportunity or three. Along the way, yep, probably did, but this is what it is now, and we got to deal with it. Um, and, and I'm here to, to tell anybody, I mean, you can't argue with massive conglomerates. They they make mistakes. They do things right. I guess they do things for their own reasons. But there is life after radio. You know, if you if you got kicked in the butt by radio like we have, um, at least that's, I think I still feel the same way Mark does about that. I don't know why they really let me go. I was a the biggest expert on that music going and I was doing the morning show and for some reason my skills were no longer needed. I don't understand it. It was a class it was a classic rock station you're referring to yes. in in London and uh that was that was your baby. Like uh classic rock was right up your alley. Well, well, I'm again, I'm not not poor me, I'm just I was I grew up with that when that music was current music, when it was on 45s or albums. That's when I grew up and and none of them including up to and including the general manager of that radio station were they were all mid thirties? They had no idea. They didn't live. They didn't live it. They didn't. Um, so I, I had more passion for it, I guess. And I remain having. I have passion for it. I have a large collection at home of the music I like. So I get my classic rock. Yeah, yeah. Out. I don't have to talk about it on the radio. And I'm happy to be to be away from it because I've had a chance to develop something new, to learn something new, uh, and to do it on my own. And I, there's a whole lot of uh, feeling of accomplishment in having done that. I think for me, where I never really got that in radio. We were never, you know, given the boosts and given the bumps and said, oh yeah, great job. And not in my experience. I miss our music meetings, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a new ace of bass. You want to add it, Derek? <laughs> a, I don't know, Rob. Maybe we should have a couple more drinks and see. <laughs> we, we probably could talk an hour about drinking because that's uh, that that's part of part of my history too. But I got a question for you guys. When you were growing up, you must have been influenced by by other radio guys right yeah the, the big guys i was i was influenced a lot by by 70s radio and i thought damn that's what i want to do and i developed a passion and this this mystique about being on the radio and i wonder if younger people have that now like no do they do they look towards becoming the guy on the radio uh, like what are the colleges doing are they do they have courses no anymore? they're starting to get rid of them yeah yeah like, I mean, in Ontario, Fanshawe and Conestoga College uh, were were big radio and or television broadcast uh, colleges, but uh, they're not what they used to be. Um, well, I've gone back the last few years into Fanshawe at the request of a um, former workmate to talk to her class in there. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's really quite interesting to see how they do it compared to the way we did it 40-odd years ago. Um, it's It's... They're learning the new technology. But I, I say to, in fact, a guy that was my classmate when I went to radio school is now running the program. And I said to him, tongue in cheek a little bit, but I said, how do you sleep at night? And he goes, what do you mean? I said, how can you accept 
and graduate this many students after a bunch of years, take their money, and then put them out into the world to get what jobs? Exactly. You know, we always went to small markets, you know, and, and did overnight shifts, and that's just how you grow in or how you grew in the business at the time. Now you're expected to graduate from college and take on a midday shift in a medium market and then also do voice tracking. Like, you're just not ready for it, and that waters down the entire industry. So I don't know how the colleges are doing it. Maybe they're teaching a bit more about podcasting. Maybe it's about apps. Maybe it's about utilizing the technology that's out there. I don't know. I hope I talk to them about commercials and and, uh, and doing voice stuff because that's what I know these days. But um, it's it sure as heck is a different uh, course that's being taught than when we were going to school, for sure. Well, I spent four years right in the middle of the uh, broadcasting program at Conestoga, right there with Paul Osborne and uh, oh, yeah, Darren's yeah, former yeah. morning show partner, and we built CJIQ from the ground up. Literally, the day I got there in 2000, it was a room full of boxes. <laughs> and guess what was in them? Computers. So we actually went to the woodworking department. They made us all the furniture for the board to sit in. Tim Gable was there. Uh, oh, really? And Tim was the wow. tech teacher. Yep. Uh, so anyway, we programmed the computers ourselves using MediaTouch. Just started loading them with music. Uh, Joe Knapp and Malcolm at uh, uh, Music Master gave us a music scheduling system to use. And we set this radio station up. And we had over 50 volunteers. And we were still putting equipment into racks in September 2001 on 9-11 while we were on the air talking about it. That's how I remember 9-11. But I was right in the middle of the course. And it was still, radio was still a really going concern. That was 2000 to 2005. It was still a viable business. <laughs> okay, use that. I still think it is viable, but not just not the way it used to be. But yeah, I, you know, Derek, I agree. I don't know what they're teaching now. Maybe it's video skills because that was a broadcasting radio and television course and still is. So maybe it's the video skills because video is huge on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all those social media tools that are out there for them to use. And if they become experts at that, they're going to become experts at the new ways of broadcasting and maybe creating apps as another avenue for these kids to go down because there's always a use for another one. <laughs> I was just going to say part of your job description as a show announcer on a radio station is to... Uh, and, you know, someone who's really good at this, uh, Mark, is is Dan Freeman, uh, Tarzan Dan. Yeah. Part of your job is to put up a video, do some social media. That's all part of your job. Where when all of us were in radio, it was more of uh, announcing on the air. And that was it. Uh, there wasn't the social media back back in our day. But that's part of the job now. But. I think that's taken the place of what we used to do, and that was you do an air shift, but then you were in the parade, or you were out doing this, you were doing all that public stuff, and not only are you building the station's brand, you were building your own. You know, That's when, right. When Derek and I worked together at AM 109, how many parades and yuck yucks and different things did we do? We didn't sleep because we were out doing that stuff and then doing a morning show the next day. So it's, I just think, the social media has replaced what we used to do. And we were probably better off and more healthy back then because we're out moving around all the time instead of sitting in a studio with a camera in our face. Well, I I remember doing a, doing a bar gig in Kitchener. I was doing the morning show. This is in the late 80s. Doing a bar gig one night a week in Kitchener, being the disc jockey and getting out of there at 1, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning and then getting up again at 4 for a morning show. I don't know about healthy, but I was young enough to, young enough to be able to handle it. I wouldn't today. I remember... Uh, doing a morning show, trying to get a nap, then doing a remote at Fairview Mall uh, from four till eight, <laughs> then going to a bar at 11 o'clock at night, hopping on a bus and going to Toronto to leave for Florida the next morning and up for 48 hours. If I tried that now, I'd have even less hair. I got drunk once in Toronto and I had a remote first thing in the morning at a, at a supermarket. I didn't show up. I didn't get there. And I figured, this is it. I'm going to be fired. No one said anything. <laughs> they didn't even know I wasn't there. The client just went, oh, I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. I, I used to do a weekend shift at uh, Chime. Uh, I used to do uh, 6 in the morning till noon hour. And then on uh, Saturday night, I would he head out to Pickering, Ontario, and do a nightclub, get out of there by 2 o'clock in the morning, and then had to get up at five o'clock in the morning to do the the following uh, show on Sunday. And I'm going, 
yeah, I could do that in my 20s, but try uh, being age 60 right now, and there's no way I could do something like that. I don't know about you guys. I have a hard time getting past 930. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think it's really unfortunate. Like, I, I was listening to some air checks of John Landecker not too long ago. There's no one like that now for, for young kids to look up to and go, I want to be a John Landecker. For me, it was like Tom Rivers and Rob. I shared with, with you that I listened to you and Dave Schneider on Chime. And it was like, that's what I want to do. But who was yours, Derek? Like, who was the guy? Well, back in back in the old days, we had 680 CHLO that used to come into London until they went to 1570 when 680 went clear channel. And then after that, it was uh, it was the big eight. CKRW. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, Ted Richards. And then and then it, more into the later years, into the FM was uh, was Riff. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. Out of Detroit. Yep. Yeah. Mine were uh, CKOC and... Uh, Dave Wolf on Chime was really yes. instrumental. He used to listen to my air checks where I used to mail them to him when he was the PD in Halifax. And then he'd write a critique and he'd mail it back. <laughs> yeah. 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 And everyone knows this. Uh, growing up, uh, it was mentioned earlier about 680 CFTR. Mm. Um, oh. uh, I mimicked myself after Mike Cooper. I just thought he really? was amazing. No, really? Did you, know that? <laughs> Did you guys know that? Did you ever hear that in this No, movie? I never. No. <laughs> oh, jeez. But now that you mention it, there's a similarity. <laughs> you no, know, I was just thinking, you know, if he really liked Mike Cooper, he would have maybe, you know, posted an old air check of him or something. Oh, wait. Yeah. I have done that. <laughs> what? What? Sound like a subway commercial. What? What? <laughs> See, radio works. See? <laughs> I saw that on TV. Sorry, Derek. <laughs> so what are your thoughts about podcasting? Like, where do you like? Where do you think that has a fit? And some people are saying, well, that's the new radio, but I think that might be unfair to say. I'll go. I think it is a, is a, a really a viable medium to connect with a, a sliver group of people, an interest group that you have, if you're properly positioned and set up for, um, you know, who and what you do or who your target is, I think it's excellent because it's it's personal, it's communicative, uh, it's it's targeted directly. For instance, you're targeted directly at me or somebody with my loves or hates or dislikes or needs or whatever. Um, I think it's great. Um, and it, you can have it anywhere, anytime. Uh, and I think we're really accustomed to, I mean, think about watching television anymore. It's not appointment viewing like it used to be. You didn't have to watch Gilligan's Island at five o'clock in the afternoon every day. I could record it and then, and then now I can pick it up off a streaming platform whenever I feel like it. Similarly, podcasting is there in that place too. So I, I think the only thing that it lacks is the mass, uh, the mass strokes that, that broadcast traditional broadcast media always had, but for what it is, I think you're hitting, you're targeting your P1s, eh, Mark, uh, directly by having a, a, a streamlined, uh, focused approach to the, to the subject You're matter. talking narrow casting as opposed to broadcasting. And it's, yeah, exactly. and, you know, yeah. I, I consume podcasts, but I'm, I'm pretty particular about what I do. I listen to friends' podcasts because I think it's interesting to hear people I know. I've listened to you guys, but I also listen to anything NFL. And I'm a big football fan. We are in the household. So we listen to Peter Schrager. Uh, I use Sirius XM. I always have the NFL channel during the season going in my car, in my office when I have time. So, yeah, I, I think it has a place, but to Derek's point, it's still not that big, big thing like broadcasting is. But maybe it will mm-hmm. be. Who knows? And I love the, every, I love anything that's on demand. How about those Chiefs, Mark? How about those Chiefs? What a game. <laughs> no, you got to say it right, Rob. How about them Chiefs? How about those Chiefs? There you go. Now you there sound you like Andy Reid. No, I was, I'm a big, a big foot, and I'm still a Dolphins fan. <laughs> so you would listen to a lot of podcasts um, with subject matter around football. And uh, as you said, uh, you'll periodically check out a friend's podcast mm-hmm. or something, just like we're doing today. Yeah, it, it's, you know, I just, I think I like having choice. So it's really, um, and you know, if there were to be a subject matter podcast in music of something that really interested me, like a band that I was really mm-hmm. passionate about or something, then I'll listen to it. But if it's about a band that I have no interest in or never have, I probably won't. But that's okay because mm-hmm. there's people mm-hmm. who won't listen to the one I will because they have no interest in it, but will listen to the one that I don't have interest in. And that's where podcasting 
is strong because a radio station in broadcasting is, is limited to its format. So we were back when Janice's mother passed away last year, and uh, I listened to Brantford, uh, 92.1. Light, light, light FM in, uh, in Brantford, Ontario. Yeah, yeah, and Scott is uh, programming, Scott Turner. Yeah. I think he's really doing something different there, and I listen to mm. it every once in a while in my office because he has a lot of those songs on that radio station that go, hey, man, I haven't heard this on the radio in years. And for me, yeah. last November, or a year ago November now, it was uh, Heart, All I Want to Do is Make Love to You. I hadn't heard that song on the radio in I don't know how long. And <laughs> interestingly enough, I started hearing it on Sirius XM. But it, it he's done a really good job with that station. And he does have some personality uh, to all of his announcers are on the air. His personalities on the air actually allowed that room to make mistakes and you know, uh, be human, which it's, it was refreshing for me because I haven't heard anything like that in a long time. That's the kind of radio we used to do because Derek and I were really good at making mistakes, both on <laughs> and off. <there. laughs> I just thought I'd point out to Derek that uh, Light FM 92.1 in Brantford does play Ace of Bass. I just thought I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd mention All right, that. then. Okay. <laughs> and they'll even play a Three Dog Night song for crying out loud. It'll just pop up out of nowhere. It's just like, whoo. And we all love three dot nine. Oh yeah. Oh, we've all had music meetings at your house before too. <laughs> <laughs> there might have been beer. <laughs> Actually, Derek, to your, you know about you were saying about kids now, like my grandkids don't know the phones and all that. They know all about vinyl. Isn't that interesting? Because we eh? have a whole wall dedicated to it in the house. I noticed your post. Mark, about uh, on a Saturday night, uh, you'll have a picture of an album, and you'll just say, "This is the the selection of vinyl." Well, we're playing cards. Yeah, they yeah. might be aware of vinyl, yeah. but they don't know how to cue it up. <laughs> <laughs> I should have bought a Technique turntable. Eh? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny. I put a, a rotary telephone in front of my uh, my uh, grandson, mm-hmm. and he he looks at it and he goes, "What the hell is this?" didn't know what to do with i said it's a phone it's like it's like your cell phone and they goes well what do you do i remember the wall phone at our house in kitchener the cord on it must have been 20 feet long right we had that too yeah. so you could walk anywhere in the living room dining room or kitchen while you're on the phone and it was a party line yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and, and as mark just pointed out at one time we had party lines where you would share with another oh, yeah. uh bell telephone customer your party line anyway we're uh do you want to wrap? We get off on little tangents here, but anyway, um, where do you want to? Uh, how do you want to wrap this up? Because we're we're approaching an hour now, Greg. Um, geez, I'm not quite sure. Um, I'm not quite sure. Any ideas from you guys? How we can wrap it up? Maybe kind of something we all can kind of share something. Like this is like a morning show meeting, isn't it? It's like, what do you want to do? I don't know. So the conclusions we draw from today's Ribble Rebel is mm, nothing concrete, but we did have fun and we're old. That's right. <laughs> and as Greg and I have pointed out here on the podcast before, uh, Mind Body Matters and the Keep Talking segment, the show is about nothing. Just like mm-hmm. Seinfeld, mm-hmm. just like Seinfeld, you know, it's we'll do nothing. It's a show about nothing. But we 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 uh, we we sure uh, talked a lot about uh, different things about radio and what it's become. I I want to personally wish all the people who have lost their jobs uh, at Bell all the best in the future. And as Mark and Derek pointed out, you know, for every door that closes, there's a window of opportunity. And don't jump out. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I think you have to also say to those people, Rob, it's okay to be pissed off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, yeah. You know, it is. Get it out of your system and move on. You know, and guess, and like Derek said earlier, there is life after radio. Yeah. Ultimately, for me, it ended up being the best thing that ever happened. And oh, wow. I love what I do now. It's not stressful. It's fun. And it takes advantage of all the skills I had, not only as a program director, but an on-air personality and a promotion and marketing person. So, And Janet's retired now. She gets to, you know, be around for the grandkids Aww. when Heather needs help with them. So, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, the door does open. It just takes a while. 
So, and truth be told, when, once you get over the the initial bump and the the frustration and whatever of being not a part of radio anymore, for me, I look back on it because I'm happy to be out of it. I have no interest. I've been asked to go back for different things and no way. But I I think back about a lot of fun times. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Every one of you guys, we met because of radio. We had good fun. We had laughs. We had we had trips. We had adventures. We had oh my God! Yeah, faux pas along the way, but we're still here to talk to tell the tale. And I think that's a neat thing about radio. Um, some of it never, of course, would make it to air, but <laughs> but, but some of the stories, like when, when Mark shared that story about Doug Lee and the firefighters coming up uh, to the Canada Trust Building at Kitchener, who's that guy talking over there? <laughs> oh, it's Charlie. Charlie's automated. But no, some great stories, and I miss our driveway parties, too. <laughs> That's Stacy Thompson about those. You guys remember when we bought a new barbecue? And we didn't have a big enough car to get it. So she was in the magic van going around doing reports. And I was the PD and I called her and I said, can you meet me over here at the home hardware? And she came over and said, we got to take this to my place in Kitchener. (laughs) (laughs) You use the station vehicle for your own? What are you going to do? Fire me? (laughs) (laughs) Statute of limitations or something is in play here, I think. Yeah. Good point, Derek. I'll use that one. <laughs> well, I want to uh, thank you both uh, for being on the podcast. Uh, again, on uh, the Keep Talking portion of Mind Body Matters, we'll talk about almost anything, and I think we've accomplished that today <laughs> on the podcast. And, Hold on, uh, nothing. And, and like I said, uh, we talk quite regularly on the phone, both of you, but it's uh, I, I haven't seen uh, both of you for a long time, so... Uh, for people listening to the podcast, we can see each other on camera right now because we're in different parts of the world. But uh, it, it's it's so good to have you guys on. And thanks for the uh, the laughs and chuckles and your insight on uh, on radio today. Thank you for asking. Thanks and for it's having good us. to see everybody. Um, we, we can do this more often, just like a driveway party. Just get together and <laughs> just get together and gab, whether it becomes a podcast or not. But uh, it's always fun. It's always fun to get together with you guys. I'm on a laptop. I can take it out to my driveway. (laughs) (laughs) Instant driveway party. There we are. Cheers, gentlemen. Okay. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Have a great day. Hey, be sure to like and follow us on all social media. And if you like what you hear, hit subscribe, download, and don't forget to share with your friends. Thanks. Mind Body Matters is a great media production.